Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to ACP Rollout Pod. Our episode today is part of a series called July the 1st. July the 1st is the scary, happy day in the medical academic year. This day is the transition day from a medical student to an intern, an intern to a resident, a resident to a fellow, or a fellow to a being an attending. Each step carries its own challenges and responsibilities. All the different challenges can be overcome when we are all prepared for the next steps. And for that reason, today I have two close friends of mine, Dr. Geraldo and Dr. Mayer. Both were resident of Roger Williams and would decide to pursue the hospital's career. This year marks their second year as attendings and would like them to share some of their experience about that transition from being a resident to an attending. Welcome, Dr. Geraldo. Welcome, Dr. Mayer. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Okay, so starting this morning, I had that question in my mind, which is, I think, comes into the mind of each resident transitioning to become an attending. So what are the, like, the perspective, the changes that you think are happening or you need to learn more when you become a, an attending that you think our training is a little bit, uh, I don't want to say the word deficient, but we lack that kind of a training. So what would you like uh, to say about it? All right, so uh, definitely I think the hardest thing, because nobody emphasizes it during residency, uh, to me is billing. Uh, actually, I'm just going to say it's the administrative portion of medicine. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, because all we ever talk about is you know doing questions, learning about patients, learning pathology, learning to diagnose things, uh, bedside manner, uh, family meetings, you know, you become an expert in handling all those things, but uh, here I am, like, two weeks later trying to learn about, oh, what's the length of stay, and they're asking me about patients, like, oh, did you know this patient uh, has BMAT of three, and I'm like, oh, what is this thing? Uh, so I'd say definitely the administrative portion is a little difficult. I don't know about you, Shasad. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's multiple things for me that were very challenging. The first thing being um, going from a resident to an attending was the autonomy, you know, and autonomy is a good thing, but autonomy can also be scary. Uh, you know, you're used to having someone above you, you're used to having someone you can run things by, you're used to having someone who can sort of, you know, catch you if you miss something, but being an attending, you really don't have anyone but yourself. I mean, that being said, I do rely on you know, Dr. Geraldo Christian, Dr. Geraldo, and other, you know, colleagues that I work with if I don't know something. But in the end, you know, all of the onus is upon me. So I think that was the most daunting thing for myself. The second thing was, of course, the billing and the administrative portion, uh, especially discharge planning, how long patients need to stay. Because, you know, when you start off, you're very scared. You know, you don't, again, you're, I mean, I was at least very scared. Oh, and and uh, <laughs> it is scary. Christian was scary too, I'm sure. Um, and you're just not, you know, ready many times to discharge them unless they're pristine. But you know, you sort of get used to the, you know, them actually that the idea that you know they are going to get better when you get them out of the hospital. They don't need to be completely healthy. And you know, many times, you know, that's kind of why I believe also in the short-term rehab. Dude, it it becomes like a like a saving grace. It really does. Mm. And that first week that you're discharging people and uh, then physical therapy goes like, oh, a patient qualifies for short-term rehab. And I'm like, oh, okay. finally. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's my safety net. <laughs> there's another doctor yeah. that's going to see this exactly. guy after Yeah, me. it's a control. Oh. It's a semi-control setting. There's doctors, oh. there are nurses, there are other providers, nurse practitioners who kind of watch over the patients. So that that is one thing that I learned, you know, that sometimes a short-term rehab 
you know, they're, they're not, again, back to 100%, but if they're getting better, they're improving, labs are improving, clinically they're looking better, it's a good option. Question to you. During your weeks off in the beginning, were you sitting at home refreshing Meditech and the ER to make sure if any of your patients came back to the hospital? Because I, I did that a couple days. No, but I did go over all my patients that I had the week that I was on and I was looking through every single note to make sure I didn't miss anything, <laughs> every single medication to miss, make sure I didn't miss anything, up to and including vitamins. Yeah. So You know, this is something similar to me. Like when I was doing that medding night in the morning, I need to check like, oh, what did they change on my management? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, was it good? Did I miss anything? Yeah. But that's nice. So my question here actually comes, what do you think that we can add to our training? in all different hospitals here in Rhode Island to improve this point, I would say. The first, the billing. Second, changing the autonomy, like from being a resident <coughs> and you have your safety net or suddenly, oh, you're the one who's like taking all the shots. So what do you think about the billing? Uh, I think at least for billing, we as attendings have to do a better job of making it more transparent and bringing in the residents to let them know that, hey, like. We definitely would benefit more of having like uh, all the discharge rounds or the multidisciplinary rounds between case managers, social workers, all those things with the residents so you guys are aware of all the different hurdles and the difficulties that people have trying to get a patient out of here. Um, and then whenever you have a patient that meets or does not meet criteria for an admission or their OBS or inpatient, whatever days they're approved for, length of stays, I. I feel like we have to do a better education of that. Um, I'm at least now trying to implement billing and like let the residents know like, all right, this is like a, a 99223 because this is an admission or a 99232 versus a 99233 in terms of your note complexities, like critical care time, like all those things. Uh, so at least they're more aware of it and it's not just, because everybody asks me like, what do you write on those cards? I'm like, oh, <laughs> come here, <laughs> the young one. The secret card. No, that's good. Out. For me, I think some things you can't teach. Uh, the the autonomy that you feel after you're done that that can't be replicated really in the, mm -hmm. in the residency setting. What I do think is is helpful is having residents go to discharge rounds, discharge planning, and I think another thing that we should incorporate is uh, rotations at nursing homes, so that mm -hmm. we get definitely we, we get a really good idea of what goes on there, how much care is involved, how how attentive. The nurses and the physicians and other providers are at the short-term rehabs and nursing them. I think that would help a lot, to be honest with you. So, as a, as a resident, I'm asking this question: Would giving the I would say third-year residents who are actually going into the hospitalist carrier, uh, would you like to give them like some sort of autonomy and like? very light supervision to try to see how they're going to be able to handle stuff for this. Would this be a way to solve this problem? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I try doing it mm -hmm. sometimes. I've done it a lot with uh, Abdullah, mm -hmm. uh, where I just tell him, okay, what, do you, what is your plan for the day, doctor? Because he's going to do hospitalist, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, and I would tell him, I was like, all right, what's your plan? Um, and he would just tell me exactly everything he wants to do. And I was like, all right, all right. I was like, I, I trust the you, we'll, we'll go through it, and then I'm just checking from the office, like every time they put an order, just to make sure that it's okay, and then I'll just send, like, give him a call randomly and be like, hey, uh, did you think about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 let me do that. So it works out, but 
That's what I mean. By practice makes perfect, as they say. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I think to a fair degree, uh, we do give a lot of autonomy. But again, you know, you still, it, it's a mental thing. As long as you have that safety net, mm-hmm. you can't really feel that sense of anxiety. Okay, perfect. So one of the things in the medical, uh, I would say, profession is teaching. I believe everyone or every physician should be a good teacher, whether you're a medical student, a senior medical student teaching your junior, uh, a resident teaching your intern, intern teaching your medical students. So how the the concept of teaching uh, in the medical field changed for you from being a resident to an attending? And what I mean by that is being a resident, you usually, you usually have the questions, but you're not expected to have the final answer. But uh, in a very uh, what is it, busy crowd, the attending is the one who's like, we're waiting for your answer. It's like the final answer. So what do you think about that? I think it's, again, you know, part of the transition from going from a resident to an attending is to just become the one who gives the answers instead of the one who asks the questions. Um, I think that as the attending, you have to be certain of what you're saying. You have to, uh, you know, always... 100% or close to 100% sure of what you're saying and many times if I don't know I say I don't know and I will you know look it up with the residents um, I do think that it's also important for me as an attending to teach them every time I round with them on different patients or different types of management or ask them what they would do and I think a combination of asking questions and a common and didactics and the Socratic method both uh, is kind of what I implement in my teaching methods um, but I guess the most important thing is when you're an attending, the buck stops with you, so you need to know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what no. do you think? <clears throat> I think it's definitely the same aspect of you have to know what they're, if they ask you a question. So when we get a patient, uh, you definitely need to have a plan. I make a plan like a list of, all right, this is a UTI, like this is the full treatment for it. Somebody's gonna ask me something about anything from A to like Z, uh, and I need to be able to answer it quickly and give them a good answer. Because uh, I have, it's not PTSD, but we've all been there where you're a med student, you ask a question, and somebody will tell you, look it up. Exactly. And I hated That's that, and I, I did like a, I took like an oath to myself, and I was like, I would never do that. I'm never gonna become that guy. Because uh, I was like, you know, clearly, I remember it was like the first weeks and I had a, a student that asked me a question and I didn't know it and I was like, oh God, I see what the cop out is. You just say, look it up and make a presentation because uh, then that way I don't need to answer it. Um, but A, it's very humbling because there's a lot of things that you'll, they'll ask you questions that you don't know and you have to own up to it and just say, genuinely, I, I don't know. I need to review this again. Um, but you keep remembering things because you have to teach them so much like heart failure, I don't know how many times I've given a heart failure lecture, or my pirates for AFib, mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> it like lives permanently in my brain because I've taught it to one person, but there's 45 residents. I think every so time <laughs> you come in and you think, oh, I, I told you that. Yeah, yeah. And so we had that like two weeks ago that I was talking to a few of the residents, and I'm like, yeah, we talked about this like last week, and they're like, no, we weren't on last <laughs> week. It was a different batch. And I was like, oh, God, all right, we got to go through this again. You know what really helps is being forced do um, a lot of questions mm-hmm. for the boards and you know you sort of have to know the you know the board answers of course to pass the board so that really you know forcing you to go home after work every day studying for multiple hours kind of forces you 
to learn a lot of what you might have forgotten, but then you can implement that in your teaching as well. Uh, but as as Christian said, there are questions that trip me up, like especially stuff from step one, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. pathophysiology. It has been a while. It's been a while, so I'm like, oh, I don't know. So, and you know what? Now that you say the whole step one thing, it's what I was mentioning earlier. My favorite like people now to teach are medical students because a they bring up things that were from step one that <laughs> I'm like I barely remembered, and I was like, oh God, now that. When you talk to them and you realize the things that they forced us to, well, they didn't force us, but the things that we had to learn. They think about in the, in the level of the basic sciences still. Yes, but then you kind of take it back to that basic science Which level, makes everything sense. that we have now, and it's like, holy crap, this is why things make so much sense and it's so easy. That's right. Uh, and genuinely, my favorite thing is when you're explaining something to them or you're explaining something to someone and you see like the the clicking, the, the eureka moment in their eyes where they're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Uh, that is wonderful. Uh, and I think also why medical students are my favorite is because they'll just ask a thousand and one questions. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll tell them like, oh, do you guys have any questions, concerns, dilemmas? You're like, oh, I have a question about this. I'm like, great. Versus residents are like, oh no, I, yeah, I understood. 100%. I need to defend the residents now. They're a little bit busy. They have discharges. They have admissions coming in. Sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. come, you've been a resident before. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true, Give it's us true. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Ask more questions. Ask more <laughs> questions. That's, that's the new motto. <laughs> so also one of the questions that usually comes up to my mind and which uh, I've experienced myself when you guys started as attending, I was an intern, so I didn't have the chance to work with you as a, as a previous, like when you were residents. But how were you able to maintain and establish that relationship when you transitioned from being a resident to an attending? Like you had some who were like your juniors when you were a resident second year, and now they are like third year and they're working with you. So how were you able to, as I said, maintain and establish that fine line in the relationship? Uh, so it was extremely hard. I'm not going to say it's like the easiest thing there was because it was very hard. Uh, with obviously certain people, others it's a lot easier than not. Uh, the weirdest thing, first off, is people calling me Dr. Geraldo instead oh, I of do like that a lot. Yeah, well, sure, but like these were my my colleagues. Like I, I literally was. They were my interns, my second years. Whenever I was a resident, right? Uh, they've been to my house. I've been to their house. They, we've hung out outside of the hospital, right? And now they're like, hi, Dr. Geraldo. I'm like, oh God, it's like, it's Christian. I'm still me. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, the toughest moments were when it came to discipline. Because it's a very awkward situation when one of, like a person that you've known for now three years, uh, that you've spent this much time with, that you've gone out, that you've had like a, a, a strong, relationship outside of the hospital when they make a mistake when they need to be disciplined it really comes down to that person's professionalism and work ethic how they take you now in a supervisor position a supervisor role um, how they're gonna take whenever you give them feedback whenever you tell them like hey man like this was messed up this this didn't this was not right Mm -hmm. Um, and I had residents that were very open to it and they were you know they took it like champs and they're like yeah no I understand that's great and I had others that got really defensive and would be like oh well now that you're an attending you think blah 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 and it's like okay well that makes it worse mm-hmm. um, and I'm very glad you know I had Shasad that I talked to him a lot about this I had Dr. Uh, Miskowski that I would tell him I was like listen I, I tried my best 
please let me just pass the the puck to someone and say like hey i tried can you also try mm-hmm. um but yeah but i say i would say that was the, the most difficult thing yeah I, I feel this is one of the challenges as i said like when i started you were attendings already so yeah the professionalism has already been established although you make it very easy and very welcoming when working with you but uh <laughs> especially that we play basketball <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is uh i always had that question in my mind like for the my seniors when they work with you and they were your juniors what for, do you think for, for me for me what was it was it was interesting because it medicine is very hierarchical you know it's very True. it's built on this hierarchy of resident attending you know medical student so on and so forth um it kind of forced me to shift my mentality because i was i was you know walking in with that hierarchy that sense of authority authoritative personality or relationship into something more collegial mm-hmm. and i like that it sort of forced me to become a little bit more collegial and it sort of shaped how i am now with all the residents i try to be a lot more collegial than try to be you know more paternalistic or more sort of authoritative mm-hmm. and i think that sort of was a huge impact for me uh, but again you know with what christian said you know there are there are sometimes where you do have to be authoritative and you do have to be you know a little bit more um sort of assertive assertive right mm-hmm. that's the word and uh, it can be difficult if there are some people you've worked with for several years as colleagues mm-hmm. you know especially when you're an attending and the third years you've been with them for two years one of which you were you were colleagues you were working together so there can be times where you know it can be difficult but you know in the end i think most of them respect your position and your your title and they work with you mm-hmm. the other weird thing oh but it's not bad it's actually i guess a good thing is mm-hmm. uh once you become an attending and you walk into like the attendings lounge oh. uh yeah and well first of all they have free coffee which works great but uh it's like all all the previous attendings that you would talk to them and they would always like be like oh where are you calling me and all mm-hmm. that and then suddenly they're like oh how's it going man oh it's great seeing you here's my cell phone oh just don't call me by my last just call me first name basically yeah yeah and i'm like what is going on here like is this like a paradox like qu- like what twilight zone am i in <laughs> and genuinely it's like the nicest people that could ever exist and i freaking love talking to everybody over there uh, so <laughs> that's <it's> nice a, <laughs> it's a big change i'm like okay cool okay that's nice so one of the questions that i i believe every resident who's uh thinking about pursuing now and attending or becoming an attending soon uh have it in mind like out of your experience what are the things that you believe if you were a back into residency you would work on yourself more so it can make your life easier now like if you were a resident now what something different you would do to help you become a better attending um I guess the most important thing that I would do to help me become a better attending as a resident would be simply to read more to you know read a lot of medicine in terms of not only just management treatment but also in terms of basic science pathology physiology sort of review those topics that's that's one thing I would do uh another thing I would do to be honest with you as a resident is learn a little finance um especially once you start earning you need to know how to what to do with your money and how to manage it that's something no one is taught big advice 
<laughs> big advice. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of ways your money you can make money. There's a lot of ways you can lose money. Uh, tax loopholes, but more importantly, just in terms of strictly speaking, in medicine, I would just basically, you know, continue with the usual ethic, work ethic that I had in residency, and you know, you have to work. There's no, you know, people. Some people think being an attending, your life is a little easier. It can be in terms of lifestyle, but it can also. You have to also be on top of things. You have to continue working. And then you have to always be reading. You have to always be up to date to things. Things change rapidly, especially in the hospital and especially in an academic setting. So that's probably what I would advise. I'd advise you know keeping up with reading, keeping up your usual work ethic. Don't slack, and you know learning also other things in life, which is um, the business side of medicine, the financial side of medicine. I think that's really important. You somehow answered the second part of my question. Uh, you got you stole my thunder. I'm sorry, but <laughs> uh, but the thing is. It's the same for you, Dr. Geraldo. So what are the things you also expect from residents? Let's say, uh, one question you can answer. Uh, I will, I'm gonna do the classic uh, fortune cookie answer for that question, uh, which is answering it with another question. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what do you expect of your own colleagues, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you were to work with someone, what would you want out of someone working with you? You want work ethic, mm -hmm. you want professionalism, and you want accountability. So you want someone to be able that you know you're going to be able to rely on them. They're going to be there when they're needed. They're going to stay there if they're needed. And they're going to take things very serious and putting the best effort, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so that to me is the biggest, the, the, the most important thing. Knowledge, we can teach knowledge. You're going to gain knowledge. You're going to have experience. You're going to have to take your boards. You're going to have to study. But professionalism and work ethic is something that someone is just born with. Mm -hmm. it's, it comes from the person uh, and nobody can teach that. And uh, circling back to the previous question, uh -huh. I think it's from my, my own like mini PTSD from when I started. Uh, I wish I would have told, I would have told my past self like, hey, pay attention to billing. Uh, so that I would have, I went like almost a month, almost a month without billing when I started because I had no idea I had to fill out billing cards and all those things. So then I had to take out like almost like two weeks of my free time to go through every single patient that came into the hospital to do all that billing. Um, the other thing that would be important to learn at least would be definitely hospital politics, um, interactions with different departments, knowing our places very well, um, being very cordial and Helping others with favors definitely gets you a long way, um, and uh, yeah, I think I think that would be the things that I would have tried to learn the most. Uh, by the end of our episode for today, I'd like to thank Dr. Geraldo and Dr. Mayer for being with us today. Uh, truly, it was uh, a very exciting talk, I would say. Uh, a good conversation that we had. It's early in the morning, so and the coffee is here, so that's good. <laughs> uh, one last, one last word. What would you say? Uh, very broadly, for everybody that's listening, uh, enjoy the journey. Uh, there's going to be dark days. There's going to be really crappy days. Uh, nobody ever talks about in medicine the lows because uh, there's very low lows. Uh, and there's very high highs, obviously, when things go well and things go great. But uh, definitely enjoy the journey as much as you can. 
uh, spend as much time as you can with your colleagues and uh, remember that we're here to serve our patients, help them out. We're also here to help each other out and uh, just give it your, the best you can because it's not really just a, a job or a career. It becomes an entire way of living. It becomes your life, basically. Yeah, and, and, and you know, with what uh, Christian said, medicine is a calling. So, you know, don't ever give up the work ethic. Don't stop working. Don't stop learning. And, yeah, of course, learn to also enjoy life and don't don't forget to live life. That's something we forget to do. Mm-hmm. You know, learn to, you know, we have to, as physicians, it's very easy to get, you know, wrapped up in your work. And you have to try to always take a step back and remember that you have a life outside of medicine. But at the same time, medicine is a calling. So always remember that and always, you know, stick to that sort of path that you've chosen of integrity, work, and knowledge. Uh, thank you very much one more time. Uh, thank you. As always, you're welcome to be part of the ACP Rollout Pod, uh, either as a host or a co-host. If you have any topics you'd like to talk about, you're welcome to reach out either to me or if you would like to send it to our email as well. Uh, thank you one more time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It was Rad al Muhaysen with you too for today. And stay tuned for other episodes of the series July the 1st. Good luck. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinion made on the podcast.